Chapter Fifteen of A Daughter of Today by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Shortly afterward, Elfrida read Mr. Pater's Marius with what she herself called, somewhat insincerely, a hungry and hopeless delight i cannot say that this oxonian's tender classical recreation had any critical effect upon her she probably found it much too limpid and untroubled to move her in the least i mention it by way of saying that lawrence cardiff lent it to her with a smile of half-indulgent half-contemptuous assent to some of her ideas which was altered when she returned the volume by the active necessity of defending his own elfrida had been accepted at the cardiffs with the ready tolerance which they had for types that were remarkable to them and not entirely disagreeable though janet began by telling her father that it was impossible that elfrida should be a type she was an exception of the most exceptionable sort i'll admit her to be abnormal if you like cardiff would return but only from an insular point of view i dare say they grow that way in illinois but that was in the early stages of their acquaintance with miss bell which ripened with unprecedented rapidity for an acquaintance in kensington square it was before janet had taken to walking across the gardens with elfrida in the half-hour between tea-time and dressing for dinner when the two young women sometimes under dripping umbrellas would let the right omnibus follow the wrong one toward fleet street twice and thrice in their disinclination to postpone what they had to say to each other it was also before elfrida's invasion of the library and fee simple of the books and before she had said there many things that were original some that were impertinent and a few that were true the cardiffs discussed her less freely as the weeks went on a sure sign that she was becoming better liked accepted less as a phenomenon and more as a friend there grew up in janet the beginnings of the strong affection which she felt for a very few people an affection which invariably mingled itself with a lively desire to bestir herself on their account to be fully informed as to their circumstances and above all to possess relations of absolute directness with them she had an imperious successful strain which insisted upon all this she was a capable creature of much perception for twenty-four and she had a sense of injury when for any reason she was not allowed to use her faculties for the benefit of any one she liked in a way which excited the desire to do it janet had to reproach herself when she thought of it that this sort of liking seldom came by entirely approved channels and hardly ever found an object in her visiting list its first and almost its only essential to speak boldly was an artistic susceptibility with some sort of relation to her own which her visiting list did not often supply though it might have been said to overflow with more widely recognized virtues for that miss cardiff was known to be willing to sacrifice the thirty-nine articles respectable antecedents the possession of a dress-coat 
her willingness was the more widely known because in the circle which fate had drawn around her ironically she sometimes thought it was not usual to sacrifice these things as for janet's own artistic susceptibility it was a very private atmosphere of her soul she breathed it one might say only occasionally and with a kind of delicious shame she was incapable of sharing her caught-up felicity there with any one but it was indispensable that she should see it sometimes in the eyes of others less contained less conscious whose sense of humour might be more slender perhaps her own nature was practical and managing in its ordinary aspect and she had a degree of tact that was always interfering with her love of honesty having established a friendship by the arbitrary law of sympathy it must be admitted that she had an instinctive way of trying to strengthen it by voluntary benefits for affection was a great need with her it was only about this time and very gradually that she began to realize how much more she cared for john kendall than for other people since it seemed to be obvious that kendall gave her only a share of the affectionate interest he had for humanity at large the realization was not wholly agreeable and janet found elfrida on this account even a more valuable distraction than she otherwise would one of the matters miss bell was in the habit of discussing with some vivacity was the sexlessness of artistic sympathy upon this subject janet found her quite inspired she made a valiant effort to illumine her thoughts of kendall by the light elfrida threw upon such matters and although she had to confess that the future was still hid in embarrassed darkness she did manage to construct a theory by which it was possible to grope along for the present she also cherished a hope that this trouble would leave her as a fever abates in a night that she would awake some morning if she only had patience strong and well in other things miss cardiff was sometimes jarred rather than shocked by the american girl's mental attitudes which she began to find were not so posed as her physical ones elfrida often left her repelled and dissenting the dissent she showed vigorously the repulsion she concealed sore with herself because of the concealment but she could not lose elfrida she told herself and besides it was only a matter of a little tolerance time and life would change her tone her inner self down into the something altogether exquisite and perfect that she was to look at now elfrida called the cardiff's home the oasis of kensington and valued her privileges there more than she valued anything else in the circumstances about her except perhaps the privilege she enjoyed in making the single contribution to the decade of which we know that was an event lustrous in her memory the more lustrous because it remained solitary and when the editor's check made its tardy appearance she longed to keep it as a glorious archive glorious that is to say in suggestion if not particularly impressive intrinsically 
in the end she fought the temptation of giving herself a dinner a day for a fortnight out of it and bought a slender gold bangle with the money which she slipped upon her wrist with a resolution to keep it there always it must be believed that her personal decoration did not enter materially into this design the bangle was an emblem of one success and an earnest of others she wore it as she might have worn a medal except that a medal was a public voice and the little gold hoop spoke only to her after the triumph that the bangle signified elfrida felt most satisfaction in what was constantly present to her mind as her conquest of the cardiffs she measured its importance by their value her admiration for janet's work in the beginning had been as sincere as her emulation of its degree of excellence had been passionate and neither feeling had diminished with their intimacy in lawrence cardiff she felt vaguely the qualities that made him a marked man among his fellows his intellectual breadth and keenness his poise of brain if one might call it so and the habilite with which without permitting it to be part of his character he sometimes allowed himself to charm even people of whom he disapproved these things were indeterminately present to her and led her often to speculate as to how it was that mr cardiff's work expressed him so little it seemed to her that the one purpose of a personality like his was its expression otherwise one might as well be of the ruck you write with your intellectual faculties only she said to him once your soul is curiously dumb but that was later the plane of elfrida's relations with janet altered gradually one might say from the inclined with elfrida on her knees at the lower end to the horizontal it changed insensibly enough through the freemasonry of confessed and unconfessed ideals through growing attraction through the feeling they shared though only janet voiced it that there was nothing but the opportunities and the experience of four years between them that in the end elfrida would do better stronger more original work than she elfrida was so much more original a person janet declared to herself so and when she hesitated for this word she usually said enigmatical the answer to the enigma janet was sure would be written large in publishers advertisements one day in the meantime it was a vast satisfaction to her to be as it were behind the enigma to consider it with the privileges of intimacy these young women felt their friendship deeply in their several ways it held for them all sacredness and honor and obligation for elfrida it had an intrinsic beauty and interest like a curio she had half a dozen such curios in the museum of her friends and for janet it added something to existence that was not there before more delightful and important than a mere opportunity of expansion 
the time came speedily when it would have been a positive pain to either of them to hear the other discussed however favorably End of chapter 15